What does the man that I could spend the rest of my life with need to embody? I feel like that question has changed so much for me over the past few years, um, just as I've gotten older, just with different experiences, with different people that I've been in relationships with. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Last Man Standing, your friendly neighborhood podcast where we will not stop until we answer the question, what makes a good man? This is Last Man Standing, episode two, the art of storytelling, part two. Special shout out to Andre 3000 and Big Boy for the title. Women, I think, or just people in general will tell you the same thing. Just being with a certain type of person will completely change what you consider to be important in a relationship and other things that you feel like you can live without. Um, I've been in a relationship with a toxic person, and I think that... Before him, I used to look at relationships and say that I need to be with someone who's romantic, I need to be with someone who's funny, who is adventurous, and, you know, like, things like that, and um, now I look more for support and positivity and things that are a little more long-term. Um, and mental health oriented because once you're with someone who kind of enjoys putting you down or uh, is doesn't really have your mental health in their best interest it becomes something you kind of really desperately seek from that point forward and in, in uh, any relationship after that also a musician and uh, yeah this podcast is pretty pretty tight I heard it yesterday I'm glad to be a part of it and I'm Isaac the returning host because I told you I wasn't going anywhere I'm still here still recording want to take a try at um, getting a few more details out of some of the other guys try to get a little bit of a backstory I think you probably heard enough from me from the first one so we'll try and give Armando a shot see how we do um, yeah, by the way, yeah, I mean, you guys can't see this, but this room is, like, freaking incredible. We'll totally get incredible. some pictures, like, up on Facebook and yeah, stuff. Yeah, we gotta do that, because this is, this is just, like, a whole nother experience. Um, 
Well, so far in your first episode, you talked a lot about yourself, which I really do think is like the bravest thing ever. That's something I could never do is just like put all my information out there. A lot of what I do has been about the opposite for the most part. Like I've had to keep a lot of my information away from people because like I have, I have a, <clears throat> another profession in which- He's a secret yeah, agent. Yeah, I, I do stuff like that. I'm a double O. Um, <laughs> but I work in a place that like, I don't know, most people can't know that I work there and there's other people that can't. It, it's like a meeting of superheroes. It's pretty high. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'm Puerto Rican Stan Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I think I've always kind of been, not always, but especially like the last four or five years, put it all out there. Like, I, I don't, not that I don't care. It's just, I think it takes too much energy to care what people think. So I just kind of put it all out there. I think I don't care necessarily what people think, but like I'm often afraid to kind of get into the details of like the last five, six years of my life because it's pretty, it's pretty dark. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know how much like to let out or like how much to tr- how much information to trust people with because it, you could easily view me through a certain lens knowing the things that I tell you like you can look like you, you can prejudge me that way oh man I didn't go to I didn't go to college so I can't judge you <laughs> <laughs> see like I don't remember what year it was but Lauren Hill put out an album um, the MTV Unplugged album mm-hmm. I remember that. and it totally changed my life in like nine million ways but one of the ways specifically was she said something in the interview like when I was a, a superstar when I was first becoming a superstar People hound you like crazy. They want to know everything, everything. But then she had her little, like, quote-unquote breakdown. Mm -hmm. And she was like, so after that, I just put it all out there. I let people know everything that was going on in my life. And as soon as I started talking about me, they stopped asking questions. Like, (laughs) no one cared anymore. And for whatever reason, like, that stuck in my head like crazy. So I was like, all right, I'm going to put all my business out there. And then suddenly people stopped talking. Good. Because they've got they nothing left to talk about. I already told the whole story. What are you going to tell? Yeah. True. So that was me. That's, that's where I came from. Still, super brave. I, I, yeah, commend, I commend you on that, dude. Thanks. That's, that's not easy to do. Um, and, like, you're, a lot of this, your inspirations were really cool, too. It was good to hear about that. Like, some of them were mine. Like, Prince, <laughs> Prince is a big inspiration for me. I mean, when I was a kid, I always had Prince growing up. And, like... My older sister listened to him, my grandmother listened to him and stuff like that. And I studied him as I got older and like his determination was really what caught my eye. It wasn't really so much of that, like the glamor of it all. It was just his work ethic was unlike any other celebrity I've ever met. And like, and he had to deal with- Dude played like 33 instruments. That's what I, and not only that, but he's the only, like the only instrumentalist that I've ever heard of that wrote a new song every single day. Good or bad, he'd record it. Even if he didn't like it, he would still keep it. And that takes so much more. Cause like, I I write so much music and I, it's just like having a tablet. I get done and I'm like, throw away that paper. That sounded like shit. Yeah. Fuck that but I mean, it's been different, you know, as with age, I've been able to take in more of what I do that's bad and learn from it and such and project it and hopefully it helps out with my parenting. I don't know if I'm a good parent. I don't try that hard, but I try a little bit. <laughs> it seems to work out. My kids are pretty uh, nurtured. All that ever brings to mind to me is like <laughs> when people say like, I wonder if I'm crazy or like if I'm going crazy. The fact that you're asking yourself that question probably means you're not. Cool. So if you're asking yourself if you're a good parent, 
then you probably already are because you're at least concerned about being a good parent. Like crazy people don't know that they're crazy. Yeah. But, so if you're questioning yeah. it, you're good. That answers so many questions. Now I know I'm a Satanist. <laughs> so I was always thinking, I was like, am I a Satanist? So I just like seeing stuff get murdered. No, I'm playing, I'm playing. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, we're all parents in the room, right? Yeah. Yes. Always have at least one child. You, you have more than one. I have two daughters. Oh, man, that's awesome. Eight and six. Eight and six. And I'm divorced from their mom, so we got to do the whole back and forth. And that's rough. Like I want to be. They live up in New York, so it's like. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. But I'm trying to move up there after I graduate. Oh, yeah. So I can be closer to them, yeah. Because now they're getting to the point where like they want their dad at their games and their concerts and all that. Yeah, I gotta be there for that. Yeah. Hey, that's and it's good that you're still going. You're not only going to school, but you plan on going right back to try going right back into parent being a parent. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of commitment. It takes a lot of wherewithal to think about that kind of thing. So you said that podcast that I was telling you guys about, uh, the Good Dad Project. Yeah. That's the stuff that it brings to mind because that's dedication on your level. It's going to end up being a lot of sacrifice on your level. Mm-hmm. Like, like you just said, it's like you literally have to pick up and move yeah. in order to go be a better parent. Yeah. And to me, that's hats off, admirable because it, it's not easy. It's hard not to beat myself up though for being distant from them, like right now. Yeah. But I just got to keep telling myself that I'm doing, I'm going through everything I'm going through and doing everything I'm doing. So that I'm prepared to be, be a parent, a, exactly. you want to be, and exactly. you need to be, exactly. and that it's in itself is a sacrifice. Yeah, knowing, knowing, and recognizing that 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 separates people that are immature from the people that are actually really good parents. Yeah, and it's uh, having to really think about the effects that you have on on what you're doing and how that affects your kids. Because sometimes, when it comes to dedication and any anything, it's Sometimes it affects things that are much greater than you, and then a lot of times it affects things that are much smaller. And that's very hard to conceptualize, and the best of kids and the best of people one day truly do understand that. So your kids will, they're they're probably not dummies, so they'll probably appreciate appreciate it. I always say to them, like, when they're older, I'll explain dad to them. Like, I'll explain everything. Who you are, what what you went through. Yeah, they're not really... That's a like, them with that. There's this kind of circle of life where once they get to a certain point, you're not even really gonna have to explain it because they're gonna end up going through so much of the same right. stuff. Because mm-hmm. like I, in a, in a way, I wish I had a parent that could like look back and say, "This is why I did this," or "This is why we ended up living like this." But like now, I'm 35. I have two kids. You don't gotta explain anything because <laughs> I'm doing the same shit you did. I get it. No worries. Pound. We're good. And that's where it comes in. You come in to be like really important in your kids' lives is when you can give them your experience, you know, so that they can learn from your mistakes yeah. or your successes. Like they, so they don't have to struggle as much as you did to to get past certain things. Yeah, you know, you can say this is what happened when I did it, and they're gonna trust you if you're, you know, a good dad or a good parent. And I think that that's that's good that we're doing something like this too, because like there's other people in our situation where they're trying to come through stuff and be a better parent come out the other side is this what girl power feels like for men <laughs> I feel so good I feel girl power right yeah now. like same here can I get some scary spice <laughs> um let me scary salami scary salami that sounded way more that perverted than it was supposed to 
That was my For those of you that can't see <laughs> You can't see us right now, but we're sitting around weirdly eating like cheese and oh, salami by and awesome comic books. So good. Yeah. There's some manliness around here. Yeah. That turtle. There's a turtle staring at us. He's good. But more or less, I was hoping we could kind of well let me explain this to, to the what do you call them? Listeners? Viewers? Yes, viewers yeah. listeners. <laughs> the you listeners, listeners that's usually what I do. So a conversation came up talking about what parenthood was, talking about the sacrifices that we have to make sometimes as parents. And two things came to my mind. Uh, one, Rick Moranis, the actor. There was a big story not too long ago. Apparently, um, his wife had gotten deathly ill, so he stopped being at, at all involved in the movie industry took a step back so he could be with his wife to help care for her. And then when she passed, he remained out of the spotlight because he wanted to be a better parent and be there with his kids. So we were kind of talking about that. And then another conversation that I had actually just a few days ago, um, a very incredible young woman that I'm also extremely into, which is ridiculous. But we were having a little private conversation and we were kind of delving through the same stories where we're on one road and we're trying to do our best for our kids. But at some point you gotta have to, you have to make those sacrifices. You take a step back in your career. Then you start taking time away from the family. Then you start doing 50 other things just so your kids can have food and a home and everything else. But now we're at a point where like, we feel stagnant. We feel like our career is not gonna get us any further than it already has. Or we feel stuck in a position that we're in because we can't just up and quit because we have a family to support. Uh, she wants to go back to school to like further her education. I think she already has her bachelor's, I think. It's okay. And, but now she has no time. Like she wants to continue education, but there's no time. She has kids. She's a single parent. And I'm very much in the same way. Um, so we're all single parents here too. Mm. Yeah. yeah, more I, or less, yeah. yeah. Like four years ago, I was executive chef at a hotel doing great. But then I became a single parent. You can't do that anymore. There's no, no there's no, no more no, ninety no. hour work weeks. Yeah. Like you can't do that when you have kids. So I took a step back. I'm now just like a lonely little line cook, and I work fifty hours a week, maybe. But what does that do for the dynamic of the household? All right, I'm not making as much money, whatever. But I get to wake up with my kids and go to bed with my kids that, and make dinner. That is truly invaluable like that you is know? the, that is the yeah. best thing i got to the same point and it's it's really weird because i i do look to most people that are older than me with kids as like shiny beacons of examples because you guys came from the generation before me which is really tough to be a parent in at this day and age for if you came from that generation there was so much stopping you from being a parent and there's so many bad stereotypes and stuff like that because a lot of guys in my generation now stepping up but you guys were the ones who I see a lot us. more single dads and yeah. like active parents. You guys gave us ever. the ability to do that because yeah. you showed that they're not all like that. You know what I mean? And uh, same thing. I was a uh, before I started at the the job I'm working at now. I was the head chef of a sushi restaurant. Like everything was working out well. Like I, I had one kid, <laughs> I had another, and then things got really complicated. Yeah. And I couldn't do that anymore. I did the same thing. Kind of stepped down and. Had to make sacrifices, but it was, it felt like the right sacrifices because I get to see my kids. Like, I'm watching them grow up now, which is really cool. I'm watching them take on my personality, which is not the best thing, but it's still kind of <laughs> cool. You know, I could, it could be in a worse position. I mean, I, like I said, there's times where I don't think I'm the best parent. Like, I wake up 
and I'm waking my kid up. I'm like, hey, it's time to go to school. And she's like, I don't want to go to school. I'm like, I don't want to take you, so let's lay back down. <laughs> he'll wake up and watch cartoons and eat cereal all day. Now, that's not the greatest parenting move, but I know she'll remember that for a long time. You know what I mean? She'll remember waking up like, yeah, now I don't have to go to school. I can at least watch cartoons. I, I, I have those stories. I remember, like, I was in diving in high school, mm-hmm. and I don't know what happened, but one morning I woke up and, like, I had no legs. <laughs> not the muscles were just, like, in incredible pain. I couldn't even, like, roll out of bed. And my pop came upstairs like, hey, it's time to get up. You, ain't you late? <laughs> that was like my dad. Dad, I can't move. <laughs> like, I can't feel my legs. And I expected to like maybe get grinded into a little bit. Yeah. Like I half, half of me expected him to be like, yo, get, the get up, <laughs> get your stuff. If I got to go to work, you got to go to school. But he was like, all right, I'm, I get it. I get it. You do a lot. You're active. You need a day to rest. Go ahead. Uh, call me at work if you need me. And it was the greatest day. It's probably the greatest day, too. I mean, I'm 35 now, and I remember that day. Yeah, so that's, that's your parent created a great yeah, memory. Yeah. And I just tried to, I tried to do the same thing, man. My parents didn't let me stay home because I was so lazy. <laughs> I, I did no homework. I showed up to class when I wanted to. Man, if I could go back and fix that, though, I would. Yeah, same. Because, man, it caused a lot. I, I went to summer school. When we graduated, I didn't graduate on time. I had to go yeah. to summer school for algebra. That's so why I graduated in August. I still went to our graduation. Cool. I just sat there. <laughs> I just sat there. What's up, guys? I've been with you for 18 years. <laughs> But, but I'm trying to teach my kids how important it is to actually do well in school and save the playtime for when it's actually playtime. Yeah. Not 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 to not like the work, so you play instead, and then that work is still there. It still had to get done, and you just didn't do it. So now you're now you're stuck. Something yeah. else I'm gonna apply to my parenting now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly why I came. <laughs> and I think that's a really big part of life in general with kids like me for as much crazy stuff as I do for as weird and wild as I can be sometimes like at home I'm so regimented it's ridiculous like we get up same time every day we go to bed same time every day the kids know what their routine is like if I for whatever reason like I'm on the phone or I'm talking or something and I'm running late my kids would be like um dad it's nine o'clock like (laughs) should should we just go to bed or you want us to wait are you good (laughs) So, like, my kids are into that. But at the same time, like, there's a part of me as a parent that wonders, am I being a good parent? Like, am I being too strict and not giving them some playtime to do some things? Or is this what they really, really need in life? So, like, I I go through that same battle. Like, am am I being a good parent? Am I being an asshole parent? Like, it's hard for yourself to distinguish those things. I mean, I think you're right. As soon as you start questioning it, you know that you care enough to question it. Yeah. And that that explains all in itself that you're doing the right thing. But it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't stop you from thinking it every now and again, you know? <laughs> I think it's it's television that we grew up with messes with my head. Oh, yeah. Same. Because like as much as I wanna be and I hate to use this analogy, but as much as I wanna be like Cliff Huxtable from the Cosby's <laughs> No Jello. <laughs> I also kinda just wanna be like Homer Simpson and like let my kids go crazy and be who they're gonna be. So like where, where's the middle? It's hard, like uh because I, I get my daughters like every other week, maybe sometimes longer than that between times I see them. 
So I end up letting them do all the shit they can't do at their mom's house. I do that. Yeah. I'm, I, I, actually, I feel like all of us strive to be, yeah. achieve the fun parent status. Right. Because we're just trying, I mean, it's, it's Satan in a bad way. you draw a line. But like, I try to outdo them. I'm just like, <laughs> what do I not let you do? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what we're doing today. Dude, my girls go on YouTube and watch the weirdest shit. Like kids, babies getting shots like at the doctor and screaming my my youngest would just sit there laughing hysterically watching that's babies getting so laughing at their pants that's so oh awesome. what are you doing guys? <laughs> well, like my kids get really into the uh the unboxing video yeah like six-year-olds cannot get enough yes. of these unboxing Wait, what? videos. what's like unboxing unboxing is like when they take it, it, it could be the stupidest thing ever like it's just little toys that you get from like inside of a um a gumball machine those are almost non-existent anymore too um but they get like those little toys that are in those little eggs. There's like cases of those. And people will like open them up and show you what's inside. Yes. And yeah. That's it. And that's they it. have that's millions show. of followers. And I swear they're all little kids. Dude, we just had this conversation the other day. Like, so weird. where did I go wrong in the education system? Where like <laughs> I wanted to work and have an education and get a degree. These kids are making millions of dollars opening boxes. Exactly. In front I of a camera. About that shit all the time. Oh, man. It's like we, so, uh, P.S., we keep listening to our old. podcast so we can get rich off of this and not have to. <laughs> no, I'm playing. <laughs> we took the wrong pill. <laughs> Damn it, Morpheus. So, now you said a lot about sacrifices. I want to I see what you guys, like, where you got, what, what you guys had to sacrifice. I'll tell you guys what I did. And you know a little bit about yeah. what I had to go with it, but, um... Because I, I, like I said, I, I look at you guys as a as an example because your kids are older than my kids, you guys are older than me. So I take in a lot of what I see from how people are and how good relationships are with your kids. Like yours, you have great kids. <laughs> that shows that you've been doing a pretty good job. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know what I mean? I I, I assume already, Paul, that off of just based off of your personality, you probably have very very well mannered children. And like that's it. Probably took a lot to get them to be like that. I think I know it did for me. Like I said, for me, I kind of feel like it's just because I was sort of an asshole parent. I mean, I'm <laughs> fun and we do really great stuff. I'm, you, again, you guys can't see it, but there's like movie posters all around our basement. We do fun stuff, but I'm also an asshole parent. My kids get up at seven o'clock every morning. They go to bed at nine o'clock every night. Um, my oldest child is about to be 10. So we have not had cable television in 10 years because once we had kids, we were like, boom, that's it. You're going to read. I grew up in a house very similar to that. And now my kids love reading. And I mean, they still watch like crazy stuff on YouTube or whatever. This We still have Netflix. So we'll watch stuff every now and again. We go to the movies faithfully. I do that with my daughters. Yeah, but like, I'm still a jerk. They still get up in the morning and make their beds. They still get their own clothes ready. Yeah, they I, still... That's not being a jerk or an asshole. That's like this setting some parenting. Parenting <laughs> <laughs> some guide rails on their life, you know? Like that's that's just good. Yeah. But that gives me that questioning where like, am I being fun enough? Yeah. You know, my kids want to start some goofy YouTube yeah. channel, and I'm like, eh, let's do some homework first. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then by the time the that's over, like, if they have their priorities. If you if you help them figure out what their priorities are, mm -hmm. then there's no reason why you can't have like be. I don't want to say strict, but 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 have some like rules set for them, but also let them you know play around. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like but because you're not doing it to be abusive. You're not you're not doing you're doing it so that they understand what when it's time to play and when it's time to work. Yeah. You do, and and that's something a lot of kids don't have today. Well, and that, 
that is a big exactly what you said if they understand if your kids understand that structure is or you're being well the way you're being mean is for structure and your kids do seem to very clearly understand that that is a reflection of you doing the right thing. I was that blown away, thing. man. I haven't yeah, seen you since high school. I was blown away when I came in here and your kids were like so perfect. Like respectful. <laughs> Shake my hand, introduce themselves. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what is happening? Where am I so right now? <laughs> but like, I don't know. I, I let them get away with some things. Um, I will. As you should. But I only do that because, like I said, when I grew up, it wasn't like that. <laughs> I had mom was in jail, in jail. Uh, dad was in jail. I grew up with my great grandmother, not even my grandmother, my great grandmother, who was like elderly and couldn't really do as much anyway. So like we didn't do fun stuff at my house. Fun was we're gonna go sit on the porch, and that's it. <laughs> I got to sit on my porch and watch the people across the street play volleyball in the street. I sat on the porch and watched my grandmother pick apart cigarettes and chew the tobacco. And I sat next to my uncle who, you know, sat on the porch drinking with a beer inside of a paper bag. That was my childhood. <laughs> so like, yeah, I want my kids to do some fun stuff, but I also don't want them to be like reckless and crazy. As long as they don't, yeah, I think you're setting the right example as long as they haven't Absolutely. been like that yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can yeah, see so it far coming. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can know a serial killer's coming before you see the serial killer. You know what I mean? Same with kids. Like, you start seeing your kids dragging around a dead body and yeah. you're out like, oh, man, just talk to them a little bit. <laughs> but instead, I ended up with the kids that are like, Daddy, Daddy, that little girl's being bad. Where's her dad? That's great. Not as good as me, kid. Not as good as me. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's talk about your kid. Mine? Um, yeah, I have a, a six-year-old. Her name's Lorelai. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I got both of my kids. Just the both, name. Both right? of my kids, they were named from uh, Edgar Allan Poe, like things that happened to him or like poems of his. Just like my youngest daughter, her name is Annalie. She's three years old. Annalie by the sea. Yeah. Lorelai was a love interest of his. So... I'm also a Sticks fan. We're going to get into that part. <laughs> that was way too cool to just like bypass. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was, it My was, kids are named after flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tried I tried to give them names that like, I don't know, didn't fit this, the typical, because I mean, we have a very similar background, you and I, like I, I'm also black and Puerto Rican. I, like, tried to, yeah, I try not to fit the exact stereotype. Like I know I can't fight it for forever, but I do pretty good with it. Um... <laughs> And uh, I guess you say for like sacrifice. When Lorelai was born, I was working on trying to be a musician for a career. Like I had just, I gotten out of school for culinary and stuff. And uh, good. Yeah. I got out of school for culinary and I came back home and I was hanging around for a little while. And eventually I got picked up by a band to be a bass player. They play a bunch of different instruments, but uh, I picked up by them. I'm not going to say who they are because legal stuff. <laughs> but uh, they were a pretty cool band. They ended up getting pretty famous. And I was all ready to go. We had like A&R representatives. We were going place to place. We were playing. We were about ready to record our first album. Everything was going swimmingly. Then I found out my girlfriend was pregnant. So I was faced with either go be the rock star that you wanted to be. And you always go see the rest of the stuff that you wanted to do and be a stereotype. Be like the black guy that totally walked out on his family, or 
do the right thing, become a parent, and then teach your kid how to play music. Or tell her what happened, give her the experience. Maybe it'll help her drive one day. Yeah. Do the same thing. Didn't really work out because my oldest daughter has no interest in music at all, <laughs> but the younger one loves music. <laughs> so, like, hopefully that'll come back. 50-50 chance. Yeah, right yeah. yeah, like, I was I was really gambling on that one. I was like, he's end up liking music, kids. But every one day, one of those guys will die, and I just jump right back into the band. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't happened, but, I mean, that was, like, one of the sacrifices that I made to be a parent. And having, having to know that you have to do it by yourself is really hard. Like, having to know that you have to do any part of it by yourself is really hard. And I, like, uh... When it comes to like their mom, she ended up. Uh, we ended up having a like altercation. Never, never physical. I don't beat one. Um, don't like him, but I don't beat him. <laughs> but she ended up splitting on me, and I was left with like the home. I had the kids to worry about. She had her own thing going on, but like I was left with everything that we signed on for together, and it just by myself having to pick up everything all this responsibility and I was just getting into being responsible I was just now knowing what it was like to be a responsible individual and it was placed on and uh, I had to keep moving forward and I did worked out well I'm not dead yet <laughs> and neither are they right yeah, you know what I mean and they're, they're all good I think they're not as mentally scarred as what they could be so <laughs> I mean they could be like Ralph Wiggum at this point but they're not like, everything, everything's, everything's good I'm in danger <laughs> Teacher says I'm special. That's my favorite character from The Simpsons. Oh, he's, he's so underrated. <laughs> I choo choo choo. <laughs> Look, Big Daddy, it's regular Daddy. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, that was a uh, that's experience that I had. You know, just being a parent and having to choose between my career and parenting the right way. Parenting is not easy. No, right. not at all. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Be right back after this. Take a look to yourself in the mirror. Laughing on your hip with your head done. If it's only a game, what you scared of? I'm going to stop my car. You just tell me when you're ready. Honey, won't you come closer? I'm going to love you like I'm supposed to. Come to the party when your friends. I'm going to bring my friends to it every weekend. See, I got to put it down before it kills me. We ain't thinking about tomorrow, I'm just giving you the real me. What's that? That's how I feel. The fuck that? See, I gotta put it down. Stay fit, stay you. Located at 100 Love Road and Flying Hills. Offering training and everything from speed, agility, and strength to personal training, flexibility, and weight loss. Any age, any fitness level, there's always a starting point to your finish line. Contact Jose Rosa for your free fitness assessment and be sure to check the Facebook page for Last Man Standing for all other contact information. I think support is one of the most important things in a relationship. Just having somebody who you consider to be your partner in life who's willing to build you up and try and help you achieve your goals and be the most positive version of yourself that you can be and vice versa. I think that's a healthy relationship. It's not necessarily about uh, going out and him buying you flowers on a Tuesday or things like that. It's just, it's a little deeper than that. I think for me at this point, at least, um, and I don't know, I feel like also just having, I grew up with really 
great men in my life. My dad and my brother are just excellent human beings. And they kind of set the bar way too high. (laughs) Way too high. And uh, I just always kind of was like, I have this list of things that guys need to fulfill to fill their shoes. And um, it's definitely changed. It's changed a lot. Uh, besides support, I feel like sincerity is really important to me. Just I, I need to know that this person is saying exactly what they mean and there's no hidden messages and I just, I don't want to deal with it anymore. I just want, I want to be certain and uh, it's just become, it's become crucial, a crucial thing for me. If I'm going to spend the rest of my life with somebody, I just, I don't want to guess. And I don't want to play games. Uh, I just, I want that person to be upfront with me about their life, about how they feel about us and what's going on in my life. And um, that's, I think that's part of growing together as two people. If you're going to combine your life with somebody, you got to be honest and uh, sincere. To my bedroom later on that race car bed she said vroom vroom looking in the eyes i can see a freak looking in my wallet for a chill week i'm impatient i came in like a crane of secretion i said i came in like a crane of secretion cranberry haze you can smell through the vapors something like a primo that are interested in look and taking a look that happens to be a very good friend of mine his name is jose he works a lot of circuit training stay fit stay you Check him out on Facebook. He has an Instagram. I'm going to send a link to his podcast. And if you're one of our followers on Facebook, you can find all of the information there as well. P.S. Jose is probably one of the coolest fucking dudes you will ever meet in your life. I had the pleasure of making uh, the wedding cake for he and his wife for their wedding. And I just spent some time with him about two or three weeks ago at my brother's wedding. When I say we dance nonstop, I mean, like, it was... uh, I could have been 18 at the club, dripping sweat. That's how hard we were dancing at this wedding. You still wearing your suit? Still wearing a suit and tie. We were. Ooh, I've, I've done that. That is so gross. We had so much fun. He and his wife are fucking amazing people. So shout out to you guys. All right, we left off with Mondo. Now we're up to Paul. Tell us a little story about you, about the kiddos, what life is like. Uh, I had kids while I was in the Air Force, and. Um, I had done my deployments before that, so it, I was worried like once I had them that I'd have to start deploying and trying to figure out what to do with my kids, but my wife at the time, she was also in the Air Force, so it was a little easier to work that stuff out, but some stuff that had that I was a part of when I was deployed, um, kind of, I ended up with PTSD oh, man, from it, uh, and what happened is I, I I got a shoulder injury and when I was in Iraq, but that not not like any cool way. It was in the gym. Like I dropped the weight and oh, hurt no, my shoulders. Um, and they did surgery on me when I came back, and then they got me on like prescription painkillers, and I got stuck on them. And then when I got out of the Air Force, I transitioned to the more hardcore stuff. And so it, it, it ruined like my ability to be a present father at the time. Um, and I, 
you know, I ended up in and out of rehabs, in and out of jail. Uh, and, and, you know, that the sacrifice, like, besides, like, I had to go through my whole day, every day, feeling like shit. Because, like, when you're in the grip of an addiction, you can't, you're, you're, it controls you. You're looking in from the outside yeah. the whole time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it controls everything you do. And so I, like, I wasn't consciously being a bad parent. I just wasn't there at all. Like I was totally engulfed in, in an addiction. Um, and it wasn't until I sought help for the PTSD and this, the substance abuse stuff that I actually was able to kind of get on a better path to being responsible and being um, and, and trying to um, make amends for the things I'd done before and be a present father and you know it happened like I wanted like I, I was in jail two years ago right three, two years ago um, and I got out and I was just like I'm never I, I, I have to change something in my life and I I uh, went back to school at Kutztown, and and I've been I've been clean and sober and 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 shooting straight and, and you know being there for my kids ever since then. And it's just it's been I I forget sometimes how bad it was. Like some days I'll like just feel bad about myself or bad about life, um, but I have to remind myself where I came from. Like I was it was yeah. it was dark. Like, yeah, to know that the path is that dark to get to where you are right, right now, dude, right. that is a serious accomplishment. It takes I don't a think real people man. realize how much strength that takes it to takes be a able real to like man to deal with something. Literally like that. crawl back. Yeah, people don't think about that sometimes. They just, I mean, like you yeah. said earlier, you have a story and people can easily view it as that and only that, mm-hmm. but they don't realize what converse you came out of. It's just like I refuse in everything to stay down. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. It, it, my whole life, I just don't stay down. Even like in jail, I'm like, I'm gonna get out of this. I'm gonna, you know what I mean? I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't. You're get never up. looking at the uh, end result yeah. of the gutter. And yeah. I never. And I, I just. Ne- and I, I don't say that to to pat myself on the back. It's just I don't. I'm 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 wired to not quit. And and that that's what's helped me like pull me along. I'm like it doesn't matter how bad it got. I would find a way to make it, make it out, and make it be 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 a positive force in their lives. Be successful, successful as far as like, you know, being able to support them and not having money just fall through my hands into an addiction. You know, and I can do things now, and and that's where and you know that's why I'm able to even sit here with you guys now and do this is because I came through all that shit, yeah. and. I want to be able to help other people that might be in that same situation get through that. And that's why I mean, like, it, it'll be important for the, my girls, my daughters to know when they're older about some of that stuff so that they can avoid tripping over the same bumps that I did. Yeah. I think as parents, there's a lot of worry that our kids are going to end up seeing the things that we did or doing, doing some of the things that we did. And that scares the hell yes. out of me. But in a way, like, I feel like they kind of have to learn regardless. I mean, just yeah. like we did. Our parents made mistakes, but we learned from their mistakes too. But it's important that for us as as parents right now, like they get to look back on you and watch you make a comeback. 
they get to have you now where you can like tell them all the stories about whatever bad happened but like dad's right here and I made it out of it and I'm a better person now I'm a better person for you now and now whatever you're gonna go through in your life I'm stable enough and strong enough where you can come and talk to me about that now and that's that to me is fucking phenomenal because I can't wait for my kids to go through some hard shit and ready. for us to right. be able to sit down and be like look yeah, it's not as bad as you think yep. like you got this like, I can't, if you're, I can't go, wait if you're still shit. going through hard shit when they're going through hard shit how are you going to help them yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I mean I tried to strive to achieve to be the parent that has always had it down like the one that has always been able to hold themselves down yeah. trying to be my own anchor since I had to be like with them, you know what I mean? Like ever since I had to take on the responsibility of parenting, I wouldn't be the one just like, you know, maybe mom didn't always have her stuff together. Dad had it. <laughs> you know, as crazy as things got, he was always in the same spot. Everything was always cool. He was still doing the same rotation, still going to work. You know what I mean? Just like yourself, yeah. going to work, coming home, making sure that I was all right. He had it down pat. <laughs> He's the one who always tried to have it together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you know, we just got to try and help out them too. Make sure that they like, let them know that their mom's over there too. Like, Anything as best as best they can. I try to get them to understand all aspects of what's going on. Like, I, I don't lie to my kids. That's something I never, ever, ever, ever do. Like somebody's on crack, I tell my kids they're on crack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, there are some crazy people in this world. That guy's got a grip on the wrong thing. You know He's what? On dude? Crack. <laughs> like that's honestly that's something I really only learned maybe in the last two years. Don't lie. I to used kids. to be the no, no. I never lied to my kids, but I would omit the shit. I was just gonna out say that everything. Yep. I I would tiptoe around so nah, many subjects. Oh man. Now like whenever something serious happens in our life, like my dining room, that's mm-hmm. the round table. Like, when it's time to sit down and talk, we sit down and we talk. That's good. And I get, not like hardcore with them, but like, I don't leave anything out. Yeah, because they need it. And I think part of that, it started off as like me thinking they're just too young to understand. Mm -hmm. And then one day you wake up and you're like, damn, they understood that whole drawing, didn't they? Mm -hmm. Like, they just sat and told me a story about like what was happening at the same time. And and how do I handle this? Shit. (laughs) (laughs) I think. Hold on, my daddy gets a drink. I think because they're like, they're smaller people like we kind of lose track of them visually sometimes so we don't realize mm-hmm. they pay attention to every goddamn thing right. you say you do yep. everybody around them they're just they're like sponges at this age and they're way more perceptive than we give them credit for they're way more tuned in to people and yeah. feel and all that that we give them credit for like it's like oh she's sick she wouldn't understand what i'm talking about no she probably does know exactly what you're what, what, yeah. what's going on right now she could probably tell she could write it down for you probably if she could write that's a big part of it like we misconstrue or misconstrue misconstrue, yeah. misconstrue we confuse the fact that just because they haven't really figured out how to verbalize it just yet mm-hmm. that, they, that don't they don't know what's going on yeah that, no it's not that they know they know that's where i screwed up because <laughs> like when my kids got to the point where like they can actually verbalize what they're thinking what they're feeling what they saw or or what they're worried about mm-hmm. like my head exploded Oh man, I don't. We're sitting at the dining room table, and I'm just like, I, I mean, you know me, I'm fighting back man. tears. I'm like, <laughs> getting emotional now. <laughs> Here we go. Keep talking, babe. It's good. You're good, bud. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's strange. It's actually very strange to hear that because I never, never went through that point because I was always, I, I was kind of the same way. Uh, my my parents kind of tiptoed around everything and I mm-hmm. never did that with my daughter I always I asked her directly ever since like she turned four and I was just like how are you feeling about this you know what do you think mm-hmm. what do you think about what's going on right now what do you think is happening and then she'll tell me what her interpretation is and I'll tell her the truth this is what's actually happening 
You know what I mean? I don't, I don't spare anything. It's just some, some stuff they have to know. And it's a part of their development. Knowing bad things, you can't shelter them for the bad stuff in the world. It's going to keep happening yeah. no matter what we do, regardless. So it's best to shed light on it so that they can at least understand. Mm-hmm. And uh, that perception is hard to conceptualize as a parent if you haven't. Like, to, say, to, to hear that, I don't even know where I would be <laughs> had I not done what I've done to get to now. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I'd be a child. <laughs> I think one of the big movements in life, especially right now, like like we said earlier, people in our generation-ish, they've changed a lot. Like yes. I'm seeing a lot more active male parents. I'm seeing much younger parents, unfortunately, but they're also handling their shit. Stepping up in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> like my when I was a child, the generation before me. That was the drug addiction yep. generation. Mm, my, yeah. my mother was seriously into drugs. Really, like, lost a lot of her life because of it. <clears throat> so, for me, as her child, she didn't raise me. She didn't try to raise me. I got passed off to, like, one of the older generations. I ended up living with my grandmother, my great-grandmother, because they were still okay. Mm-hmm. So now, our generation, we're having kids. And holy shit, we're actually stepping up to the plate for the most part. Like, there's almost none of our friends from high school that aren't married or have kids and Doing shit, bad. they have their kids. Yeah. Like they're they're trying exactly. to be parents. Even the ones that are like a little distant or are still going through some stuff, mm-hmm. they're still there and trying. They're holding it down. I, I think that's our generation. Yeah. Like we're the trying generation. Yeah. We might not have it yet, but we're trying. They were doing it. Because we're now, because we came up uh, like through high school and stuff when like the internet and social networking was just starting, yeah. right? Yeah. So we we already made the mistakes as far as social media and how we how we process the information that we have. Like you can reach out and touch anywhere in the world right now from anywhere. So now it's like I feel like it's my job to expose them to those things, but but kind right, but 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 control it a little. Yeah, you know, like like they they can be as exploratory as they want to be and and learn as much about what they can but i want to make sure they're not looking at people being murdered online you know what i mean because yeah there's it's just as easy to find that video as it is to find like like a a protest or something which i would want them to see yeah because and then they can ask me why they're protesting you know i can explain the social issues those kinds of things but i think that that's where kind of where i come in is where i got to it's hard because I want to let them reach out and t- touch the information they want to touch, but you know, some of those paths don't always lead right, to the best. Right, right. So I got to make sure. Sh- I, I, <coughs> and sometimes you got to let them burn their hand on the stove. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, but a lot of times, if I if I can control some of it, I will. And I think that's that's in our generation, like we're talking about. We understand the the implications and ramifications of social networking and and constant information flow from everywhere. Oh yeah, I mean, there's, there, and like you said, there are really, there's good sides and bad sides. So <coughs> good side of networking is you get to meet and find people with very similar interests and like, you can have a community, but that works both ways because when you have a community of people that aren't so good, you're creating a group, mm-hmm. a community of very bad people mm-hmm. and that's where things can get kind of out of control. And it's very, like I don't, I don't even know how to handle that aspect. I don't know how you guys are doing it now. I don't know how to handle that aspect of like letting them go on the internet. Like my kids are not barely allowed on the internet. So it is. Okay, like I wanted to go your path and like we read now. No more internet, no more TV. Because I grew up in a house where we're like 
I didn't have I didn't have TV for nearly 15 years. Like I didn't know what it was like to have it. Like I watched a commercial probably just before I started working with you, Isaac. I watched a commercial and it was like the first time I'd seen a commercial on TV and like paid attention in my own house. And I was like, dude, they sell stuff like this on a TV? This is so cool. I was like, I felt like a caveman. But like, I don't want to leave them in that space, but I kind of want to make sure that they have enough exposure to where they're learning the right things fast enough and yeah. not being exposed to the wrong things. But it's hard to scream for all that. Hi, my name is Jen. And I was asked the question, what do I look for in a man? Or more specifically, if I'm going to be spending my time with someone, what qualities do they need to embody? Well, I started with the basics, the essentials. And first thing being, you have to be willing to accept my kids. I'm a mom first and foremost, and that is the most important thing to me. My life revolves around my kids, the way I schedule my job, the things that I do on a daily basis, the way I set up my home, everything revolves around them in some way or another. And I need someone who's going to recognize that and accept that about me. Uh, they have to be honest. I know a lot of people say that and it seems really easy, but it's so overlooked. Don't tell me what I want to hear. I'm the type of person that wants to hear the truth, even if it's going to hurt me. Because if you lie to me about the smallest things, it's going to make me question so many other things. And I don't want to have to be like that. I don't want to have to be with someone that I'm constantly analyzing and thinking, are they really being honest? Or is this just another lie or another cover? I get white lies. I'm okay with that. I understand that. But in general, have open communication. Be willing to talk to me about things. And I want to be able to come to you and express things and not have you fly off the handle. That's not setting the grounds for good communication in a relationship. Basically, I want someone that when shit goes down, that's the person that's there for me. That's my retreat. That's home. I know that's pretty much when stuff starts getting serious in a relationship. I'm not saying I meet you, we go on a date, and then it's like, hey, you need to be my security. Because another thing that's important to me is I'm an independent person. I'm perfectly capable of taking care of myself and my kids, and I've worked hard to get to that point. So the person that I have in my life needs to add a little something extra to that. I'm not big on money. I don't value money. It's not a top priority. I don't like fighting about money. I don't think I've ever been in a relationship or will be in a relationship where that's the majority of our fights. That probably comes from my dad, who I admire as a man because he would always say growing up that money is the root of all evil and he would much rather just give it away if it would make someone else happy than to hold on to it and remember him talking like that and remember him saying things like that stayed with me so if i'm going to be spending my time with someone and it's going to be more than friends there has to be a level of intimacy there has to be some some sort of attraction i'm not just saying looks i'm the type of person who's attracted to your brain 
I want someone who's going to challenge me, who's going to teach me things, and who's going to allow me to teach them things as well. Because I think it's through those things that you're going to learn together and grow together. And you're going to find new things all the time to learn and share with each other. That's going to make life interesting. That's going to give you so many more reasons to fall in love with that person and to admire them and just look at them in awe every damn day. Um, Going back to, I guess, intimacy and romance, I'd want someone that if I would say something or reference something, that would come back in a note or a gift, or a gesture, or something else, maybe a week, or six months, or a year down the line, and I'd be like, holy shit, they remembered that one moment, because they're attentive to my needs. A few, I guess, specific things relating to me, as I appreciate someone who's into the arts, who can be creative, who likes going to museums, and talking about art, and creating art, and having a deep connection to music. Music to me is pretty damn important. When I get in my car, I am center stage in my own little world performing for whoever wants to listen because it's so powerful and it's so expressive. It's able to express things in all domains of my life that I can't always do for myself. And whoever I'm spending my time with needs to have a sense of humor and be funny because I'm the type of person who can be very serious and professional and be whatever I need to be. And then two seconds later, I'm sticking straws up my nose and acting like a fucking goof. Oh, and I curse a little bit too. So I have to have someone that's okay with that. Not being judgmental, just accepting me for who I am and letting me accept them for who they are and working our way through this complicated life together because through all the chaos in the world and all the complications, whoever I inevitably end up with, I want that to be the place where it all clicks, the place where I can just go to and feel safe in their arms and they can feel safe in mine and together. We'll work through all that bullshit together. It's the best word. Exposure. Yeah, it's so scary. But to backtrack just a little bit, I mean, I think that's where it comes into play. Where, like you said, you want to expose them to things, but the important part is how you react to it and how you communicate it to your kids. Absolutely. You can show them anything in the world, but the way that you explain it to them is what's going to matter more than anything. True. Because, I mean, if, if your kid stumbles across a video of, you know, some kid blowing up a cat, mm-hmm. you can either leave them to their own devices to make out of it whatever they're going to make out of it, or you can talk to your kid about what's going on. Yeah. And explain why the bad person might have done this or mm-hmm. why the good person did this instead. Because that's something we didn't have growing up too much of. Man, when man. stuff happened to us, it just happened. And like yeah. that's that's, that's hard. <laughs> there was nobody like, to really talk yeah. to or that, explain. That, that's it. hard because like that's that, that makes us to have to be the brave person to have to come up with how to explain that. Like that's so hard to conceptualize. I love that you said that. It that takes so, so much bravery for us yeah. as parents to actually so step hard. up and talk to our kids. Yeah. <laughs> that is so hard because like how do where do you even start? Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, there's bad people in the world. Well, how do you determine so? Oh, man, this is this is a hard question because we didn't have people 
to do that for us. So we are we are blazing our own paths as parents. And like, yeah, absolutely, I was raised by I was raised by my dad. Like my mom died very young, and like my parents had a great marriage, but like she died right about your age, honestly. Yeah. And it was all weight on him. And as far as I remember, it was smooth. Like we, it was, it was a tough transition at first because he was trying to deal with depression and stuff while trying to raise two kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, his, I'm not, yeah, I know. Like, yeah, I always think about that. I'm like, yeah, you're so talking about strong, bravery man. and strength. Like, yeah, <laughs> it took, it takes a lot to lose a person that you love in the middle of the commitment and have to forever. keep it together because and you have, have kids. Yeah, and then like still go about being a parent as well as a protector and the workhorse yeah. itself and it be an emotional support for a little girl and a little boy I can't even I have two little girls so I, I could be emotional this is the best part I could be as emotional as I fucking want it's yeah. great <laughs> but if I had a little boy I had to, there's certain aspects of, of being a guy that they need to understand that are part of society you know what I mean yeah. and I, I see that we're getting away from some of that stuff like stereotypes and like having to think certain ways and stuff like that we're going through a weird process in the generations right now yeah, we're coming yeah. up on some very cra- it's crazy time to be alive it is a crazy time to be alive but it's interesting mm-hmm. and as long as we're learning we're doing good at least i suppose so <laughs> <laughs> trial and error yeah i think that's a big part of it too trial and error mm-hmm. and that's bad parenting stories it makes you a good parent <laughs> <laughs> And that's the other thing that I'm glad people are starting to talk about. Yeah. They're starting to talk about the Mm fuck-ups. About the hard conversations or the times where maybe they didn't do the right right thing thing with their kid. That's how you know you're a good parent. You're willing to admit your mistakes. Yeah. Uh, I'm finding a lot of comfort in that with, like, with some (laughs) friends lately. Like, we're talking about things. They're like, dude, I didn't know what to do, so I said, go to bed. (laughs) <laughs> Tell me your thoughts on, on this I just Okay I have to go pick up My daughters At like the Pennsylvania New Jersey border When I pick them up yeah. It's like Phillipsburg New Jersey Whatever Well Fireworks just became legal In Pennsylvania like A year ago Yeah And I've been driving past Exit 75 There's three Huge Firework places <laughs> On Like across from each other Like competing <laughs> So when I got them last time, came back, and we went in there, and I was like, okay, go get some stuff. Yeah. And they got Roman candles and inchers and all this kind of stuff. And I, it was for me. Like, that, you know what I mean? Really, like They thought it was fun, but like, I wanted to go. Because we couldn't do that when we grew Right. No, hell no. Yeah. It wasn't legal No, I used to have to go to, like, a corner store behind the counter and, like, pay them $5 for Yo, the bottle rockets. a great time to be a hand surgeon in Pennsylvania. Let <laughs> <laughs> me tell you. <laughs> so they got these Roman candles and all that stuff. So we got back to my apartment, and I sh- I lit a Roman candle. I showed them how it works. And you know how it works, like shoots off fire, like yeah, okay. Yeah. And they're like, "Well, I want to do it." And I'm like, "Okay." So I let them do it, and I I said, "Okay, they don't get hot. They don't burn you. Don't drop them." And so. I lit them, and as soon as the first one goes off, they both drop the Roman candles, and, oh my and they're sh- the Roman candles are firing at them. Like, one after the other, my youngest jumps up on the chair, my oh oldest God. is, like, freaking out, but my youngest thinks it's hilarious, she's laughing her ass off, and they wanted me to send it into Fail Army. Which is on YouTube, which is like... You go watch that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they want the video. <laughs> Fail Army wants to do the video. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm so nervous about somebody reporting... About bad parenting. Yeah. 
about someone reporting me for being a bad parent because I don't know what to do about it. Because I, I, nobody <laughs> was hurt. It was legal. They were in. They were being supervised by me. Maybe they were too young to hold a Roman candle, but I... That's your call. Right. As a parent. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, but I don't know. Like I said, everybody's so sensitive. Every, today. It's a very weird time to be around. If I just if I and I, what happened? I shared the video I, on like, Facebook. I'm a single parent, and I'm not sure what I'm thinking. Like, do you send the video in? I'm, I wouldn't know what to do. I, well, <laughs> I, we live in like the YouTube generation. They might right. get famous and rich off of this shit. My, they 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 like, <laughs> right? they were so excited about sending it to fail on me. Like I, they said that as soon as I shut off my phone, they're like, yeah. "We got to send this to fail army." And, and and I'm just I like everybody's so sensitive today. Everybody wants to judge other people. Everybody wants to yeah, you know, because I put it on Facebook and Instagram, and then I immediately took it back down. It's like I know what's gonna happen. Yeah, like yeah. people, some people are gonna say, "Oh, it's funny and that happens." Like, other people wow. are gonna be like, "You should be crucified yeah. for letting them play with fireworks." My mother was one that was pretty pissed, but. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know how to answer. Because I'm thinking, like, me and my kids just played Harry Potter with... <laughs> you LARPing? With, no, with the Roman candles for oh, 4th shit. of July. We were in the backyard going, Spelliamus! And, like, yeah. all shooting stuff in Blowing everywhere. stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking, like, had something Gone happened, wrong. even if no one got hurt, mm-hmm. would I feel like a bad parent for it? Or would I be like, well, well lesson learned. All right, now we know what not to do. The fact that you do feel bad and you have to take it into consideration is definitely a sign that you care, and that you know what I mean. You care yeah, that, that you were that you could have been doing the wrong thing. But I mean, think about it this yeah. way: this is something that a lot of people don't understand in today's generation. They learn from you doing oh, yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> like I guarantee, when they set off Roman candles again, they're not going to drop them. Yeah. Till they like when they get to be my age, I'm like, yeah, that'd be a dumb idea if you let that go. <laughs> and like you said, regardless, like one, they learned something because it happened. But two, you were also there, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean. You didn't just give your kids a handful of fireworks and say, away. "Here, go have fun." Right. You were there with them. You were supervising. It didn't go the way you planned, but that happens all the time. Yeah, with far less dangerous things. Yeah, that's a good point. It's hard to see those those sides of it when it's you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I don't get, and and I, and for a long time, I I kind of closed off my circle of friends, and I don't talk to anybody about anything, and I find that that that's a terrible way to live. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, what happened? Like in in the military, there would be people, or or more specifically, like when I was going through treatment programs in the VA and stuff, there'd be people that I would become friends with and start to trust, but they don't have the good intentions you yeah. know what I mean mm-hmm. and so I just was like okay well forget it I'm just shutting it all down I'm not gonna talk to anybody no friends and that's made me really standoffish yeah and I'm not like that you remember me yeah. from high school yeah. and, and, and you know I'm, I'm a people person I like being around people like this this is the most I've talked about my life in years oh, I'm glad to like be just yeah, right? yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> but, but it's good because I don't Girl get power. The, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't get the opinions that you gave me when I'm just asking myself the question, did I do something wrong? I don't know what it is about us as like human beings, but we automatically want to see like the worst part of it because it's us questioning ourselves. Yes. Like we're always our own worst critics. Very self-deprecating. Like it's all the time. Like I could have done that better. I should have done that better. What if I would have done that better? Yeah. Yeah. 
But I mean, I take that in stride. Usually, as soon as I have to ask that question, I'm like, well, we're here now. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't change it. Um, I like, I like what you said earlier about people being really sensitive in this day and age. So now I'm gonna let you guys know. Um, uh, <laughs> Mondo got comfortable. Yeah, uh, okay. I'll let you guys know. Uh, I'm a bouncer at a strip club, so. It's a very weird situation to be a parent of two girls and still work in the industry. We're like, you know, I, I meet all kinds of people. <laughs> like, what else I do that? And like, I have to approach people in so many different aspects. And like, I have to deal with a lot of hostility. And sometimes I have to be the person that's hostile. Sometimes mm. I have to be the person that's diffusing the situations and stuff like that. And like, as soon as you said, like, being more sensitive, that made me immediately think of like earlier this week. I was talking to one of the girls. It's like, yeah, just having a conversation. She seemed to be having a bad day. So I was like, yeah, you know, everything, this, this, and this. I'm going to put my hand on your arm. Don't sue me in seven years. All right, there we go. <laughs> so like, I felt right away. As soon as I heard that, like, people are very sensitive. I remember doing that. And that was instinctive. Like, yeah. we're starting to get to a point where like, accepting that people are too sensitive mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm liking it it, it makes it hard <laughs> to be human anymore yes. yeah and honest very yeah. hard to be human and honest about yeah. your faults or flaws or anything someone made a joke the other day like someone sneezed and someone said god bless you and then their god was like you don't know me maybe i like satan uh, and, and it was a joke <laughs> but at the same time i'm thinking like that's probably true for that's a lot of people kind of where we are today yeah it's really hard to be human and interact under any circumstances whether it's social media or like live in person we don't know how to react anymore. Yeah, the reactions are so different, and and we're so quick to jump the gun and just want to be angry. Yeah, that we is. have that culture of outrage. Yeah, like Joe Rogan says says that um, everybody's immediate response. It's like how angry can we get about the most mundane, dumb, pointless, worthless shit? Like, well, how mad do I have to get about something somebody else said on TV about something I'm not a part of? Yeah, yeah. You know, like why? Why do I need to burn my life down and spend weeks angry at like even just? You know, I don't want to get into politics yet. But, <laughs> but just that's another episode. Yeah, it's another one. But like the the it seems like the the instinct now is no longer to analyze what happened. It's to get angry about it and then analyze it later. Yeah, yeah. It's like you just want to be you like people just want to be part of this anger movement. They just want to sign up to something that, you know. can be angry about it. Yeah, so they can. (laughs) It's almost like the opposite of high school. Like, in high school, everyone kind of wanted to be a part of something. Yeah. Like, you wanted to be on the basketball team. Yeah, in theater. We wanted to have, like, that group, that family to belong to. And now, instead of jumping on the good stuff, people are jumping on these negative bandwagons because at least there's a camaraderie in it. It's like... A community of people are being negative. Yeah, it's weird. Like I don't, I don't understand. You said something like that earlier. Yeah, it's like the if you have a group of uh, like doing something bad, you end up making a group bad. Social media can create some bad groups. The opposite is true. The only way to fight those groups of bad are with more groups of good. But like I I don't know, we we came up in a time before all that, so it's a really it's a challenging thing. Where like I I don't know, let's just (coughs) let's, let's just throw an example out there. Just like say. This dude likes to murder a lot of people. All right, well, this guy goes on to the internet, and he goes, hey, you know, I like to murder a lot of people. Anybody else like to murder a lot of people? And, like, a lot of people get a, get involved, and now we, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, where it's almost weird to have to shun somebody. Like, that's one of those things, like, people don't know how to, people don't know how to handle that. So, yeah, like, imagine being this? the good guy jumping in, like, hey, yeah, like, you guys shouldn't do that. You're the bad guy. Not so bad. Yeah, like... It's are we allowing ourselves to create bad communities, or has it just gotten to the point where it's just 
because it is what it is, yeah. this is the product. But what's happening... Like, where do we I draw mean, a line? Let's bring it kind of, in a sense, to the podcast. Yes. The whole question of the podcast is, what makes a good man? Mm-hmm. So, with all these negative influences from the outside, what happened to the good man? And why are there no groups of good men protecting these things yeah. anymore? Like, where did everyone go? Why is everyone so afraid to talk and stand up about the stuff anymore? Yeah, people are very afraid to talk. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's becoming a thing that I've very much so noticed over time. It, it's so easy for us to go out and have a conversation, even in like a group of strangers. You can go out and have a conversation about stuff you hate. Right. That's easy. Like, you can just go on a rant about everything you hate about life right now. <laughs> but no one's talking about the good stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess we, I mean, media has been a big influence on us. Like, our generation has oh, yeah. has taken media to our perception of reality. <coughs> That's where before, yeah. the generation before really didn't have media as their perception. They had to deal with reality as reality. Yeah. Now, a lot of our reality is exactly what people say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's no cross-checking. We don't cross-check shit. We just go with the media it. media tells us I mean? how we're supposed to view something. And that's it how it is. It's different than how you naturally <laughs> would feel. view something. Yeah, yeah. Like, you have to feel the same way that the rest of the world feels about this topic. Yeah. Because of what they told you so. And if you don't, then you don't fit in. Yeah. When you want to fit in, that's like a human thing that you want to be part you of. Belong, yeah. And I think that's something that's so detrimental to, like, who we are as human beings. Like, once you get to the point where, like, you feel like you're the last good guy in the room, mm. that's you it. Really like, you're isolated. <laughs> yeah. There's no one to talk to about anything. So now you're just going through life with your head down because everyone else around you is spitting out this hateful stuff and you're still trying to not be a part of it. Mm-hmm. But then you end up by yourself. Yeah. And like, we're, like I said, this is a, it's a strange interface. It's good that I, it's good that we're getting to talk about it because, like, like you said, nobody's really talking about this. Yeah. And I feel like it does need to be addressed. Like, as you guys are pretty good guys, as, as the good guys here, it, it has to be talked about. Yeah. And this needs to be, more things need to be exposed, period. Mm-hmm. Like, people need to be more out there about what they're talking about and not being afraid to mm-hmm. simply just come out and say something. It takes it takes bravery, of course, but at some point in time, you might be helping somebody else out just with a few words. Mm-hmm. You know, we could be creating those communities of good, just saying the, the opposition. But that works on both sides of the field. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, all right, we'll kind of try to bring things in a little bit, try to close it down. Yeah. But I do want to say a couple of things really, really quickly. Like I said, the whole premise for this podcast is to ask the question of what makes a good man. For the most part, I try to leave like the actual question itself up to whatever interviews we get to do. I have a couple of people on standby that are going to do the interview for us and answer the question. We'll attach that to the podcast later. But me personally, I want to point some things out. Now, Paul, you just met Mondo today. I've had the privilege of working with him for quite a while now. Sure. It's a privilege. Trust sure. me. <laughs> You're a good man. Thank you. I try. I, I know you try. As hard as I can. And, and I see it. And I want to let you know that I see it. A friend of ours, a co-worker, got hurt. This man left work to take her food. And in my head, I'm thinking, that's a good dude. Later in the day, another co-worker who is pregnant had come into work and it's like getting set up and whatever, whatever. I'm cooking, I'm doing whatever I'm doing. I happen to walk like to the refrigerator and there's Mondo at the ice machine filling up ice buckets 
to carry it out to the bar for the pregnant chick. Oh man! <laughs> and I'm thinking, I didn't think anybody saw that. <laughs> but that's what I mean. That's what, that's the stuff about you that I catch all the time. Because I mean, I'm quiet in the kitchen, but I'm also a fucking lunatic in the kitchen, and I do nothing but like sing and dance around all I day love long. That side of you. But <laughs> I'm always watching stuff, and I get to see the little actions that people do. And I get to hear the little stories that they don't really think anyone's paying too much attention to. I get to hear them on their phone when they, you know, pick up their phone real quick to talk to the kid and say, no, honey, I'll talk to you later. I love you. And I'm thinking like, you're a good dude. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I want to make sure you know that because a lot of people don't get to see the stuff that we see behind the scenes just because we're at work all fucking day. Yeah, life life is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. But all that stuff is there, and I notice. Thank you. So I appreciate I it so much. Oh, don't park Paul, my dude, I have known you since high school. Unfortunately, there was a lot of this stuff that I didn't know, that I didn't realize. And there's a part of me that I'm trying desperately to not make it about me, but, like, I feel bad that I wasn't there. Because, like, I thought we were really cool in high school and you were such a fucking good dude that, like, it was one of the people that, like, you wanted to know. Yeah, absolutely. You wanted to, like, be able to hang out with him, but, I mean, it was high school, everyone was all around the place. But I wish I could have been there in a better way when you needed somebody to be there. So I'm sorry that I wasn't. But in retrospect of it, again, we live in this social media age where, like, we have access to so much stuff unfortunately it's like facebook so you only get to see what people let you see but i see it i see the pictures of you and your kids and everyone's smiling and everyone's happy and everyone's like huddled around each other i look at the little caption and it's like what would i do without these two or the loves of my life and i'm thinking like that's the stuff that we needed growing up so i am so fucking glad that like your kids have that it's it's one thing to like be the dad who's never around because we've all seen that we've all heard it we've all seen the stereotypes it's another thing to see the parent who's like there but not really there like you hear the stories where like oh yeah i lived with my dad my whole life he said i love you once so it's good for us as parents to be able to like jump on social media and see like a flood of pictures of you and your girls and they're smiling and there's love in the room and there's happiness and i'm thinking like in my head i'm like Give it a pound to high school Paul Like You're gonna be alright bro You're gonna be good You're gonna be good So I just wanna say like The road might have been Rough But like The result is good You're here And you're doing it And you're making the best of it And at some point The kids are gonna be old enough Where they can look back And be like No I had a good dad you know what I mean? That's a like, great. We that all grew up with these stories. Of like, sentence, that's that's a big sentence, right? Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a stuff a we want to hear when we grow up. Is like, no, my dad was there. Yeah, no, we had some really I, good times. That's normal life. Normal life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. good. <laughs> I got, I got like my biological father. I've got a whole five stories of him, and not a single one is good. <laughs> like, I don't even want my kids to meet him. So, like, for your kids to be able to grow up one day and be like, no, my dad's he's right there. He's good. Yeah. yeah, we're going. No, he's looking through pictures of a road trip we took or something. You, know what I mean? you got that. You got that now. Yeah. Thanks. Good man. job, dude. Thanks. Good job. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Nah. I should do this again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't be afraid to call me back. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
me back. I'll, 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 I'll be here. <laughs> no. Um, for anyone listening to the podcast, we are going to try. Not. No, I can't even say try. We are going to produce a different series every week. It will be out there and published every Friday by 11 o'clock. I want to make sure people have it available for their lunch break. Or at the very least, they can download it early enough where they have it and they can listen to it sometime over the weekend. And every Monday, just like the, the guys and I are doing right now, we're going to start fresh. New topic, hopefully a few new interviews, and we'll just keep the ball rolling as long as we can until the wheels fall off. Well, thank you all so much for having me on. Yeah, all right, gentlemen. If you're out there listening, try to be a good man. Music for this week's episode was provided by Josh Allen, singer, songwriter, and producer from Allentown, Pennsylvania, whose latest album, titled Living Room, is now available for download on iTunes and most other downloading platforms. If you'd like a direct link to his music and a few of his videos, feel free to check us out on our Facebook page for Last Man Standing, and the link will soon be available to you.